Hello and welcome to 120 Outdoors, where the conservation-minded outdoors men and women explore all things hunting and fishing in the lands and waters that make it all happen. Join Chris DePaula and me, Don Klaus, as we discuss the outdoor world in our 120. But wherever you are, we think you just may find this fits your 120 too. Hi, folks. Welcome to 120 Outdoors. My name is Chris DePaula, and I'm here with my co-host, Don Klaus, and we have a special show planned for you today. We're going to talk fishing, and, you know, we've been talking the last several shows. We've been talking about all the great steelhead fishing we have up on the on Lake Erie, and I know, Don, you and I have talked about it. We've never really had a show that we talked about the Ohio River, and it is in our 120. Oh, it's not just in our 120. It's one of the great resources in our 120. You know, we've We've harped a lot about Lake Erie, which we should because it's it's a great lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's a reason, but uh, that's going north from us. But if we go south, we got another great one that's tremendous, and that's the Ohio River. So. Yeah, and I, I actually fished quite a bit there several years ago. I used to go down and fish for the saw guy and walleye, and you catch a little bit of everything else, smallmouths and uh, buffalo fish, and I remember catching some big channel cats and stuff down there just on the jigs, you know, like we normally throw in for walleye. It, at Pima Tuning or Mosquito. So it's a resource that we haven't talked about that's underutilized, in my opinion. Well, so. and it's one you can utilize now because, yeah. uh, you know, if, if you don't like the ice. Or, well, that's true, too. Uh, yeah, if you don't like hard water. <laughs> yeah, it's a little easier going south to find flowing water, and, you know, you can do it now. That's right. That's right. Well, we found somebody uh, that, that really enjoys fishing the Ohio River. His name is Rick Hubel. And he is from FSS Up Sports. I'm sorry, F's Up Outdoors on YouTube channel. His name is Rick Hubel. Once again, Rick, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. And you didn't do too bad there. You got it right on the second try. Jeez, Most people oh, man. Two, you know, that, three or four times. That's so. a mouthful there. Yeah, welcome, Rick. <laughs> yeah, the other guy thought of the name, not me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we thought we'd have you on here because I know we've talked uh, recently about all your, your exploits down there in, in the Ohio River. And sure. how good the fishing is down there. And we've got some guests that are interested in fishing that area. So um, let, let's, talk, awesome. let's talk about Ohio, the Ohio River. Um, it's near and dear to my heart, as I mentioned earlier. I've been, I haven't fished here in many years, but I always did enjoy going. So uh, why don't you, before you really get into it here, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got interested in fishing the Ohio River, and we'll go from there. Sure. So, um, yeah, like I said, I'm local here. I live, like, in the Mahoney County area. For those that are familiar, so the Ohio River to me is lo- even a little bit closer to um, Lake Erie, you know, a little less than an hour drive south. We primarily fish, you know, like the uh, Ohio, West Virginia area, I'd say from like PA to New Cumberland, for those that are familiar with that as a stretch that we like to, we like to fish. So um, a buddy of mine moved down that way. So that was like the, actually the closest body of water to him and then i kind of come down and started shore fishing it we shore fish a lot he picked up a boat we learned to uh, boat fish the river and one of the things that we really fell in love with is the lack of fishing pressure um now even you know like advertising the river and things like that it is so vast so as opposed to maybe shore fishing or boat fishing on like one of our you know awesome lakes around here, like Mosquito Lake, for an example, you know, there was a lot of people out there. You could put the same amount of people on the river and it's so, so wide and so long 
there's so much more opportunity there. But it's primarily, to me, it's more recreational. You don't see a lot of people fishing the web, the, the water down there, which is almost like a shame because it's, um, you know, there's so much opportunity there. We, uh, we get down there as much as we can. Great. Well, uh, about the river itself, um, I'm going to jump back to Lake Erie for just a second. You know, Lake Erie sure. had, its, uh, had its rough times, and it's improved a great deal over time. We know that the Ohio River, you know, had uh, a lot of industry along it, and, uh, yeah. and it's had a climb uh, probably in that same time frame that Lake Erie has. Uh, what about the, the water quality that you have there that you're fishing? Uh, what can, you, can you speak to that? Sure. Um, Lake Lake Erie, right? It's gotten a lot better, um, but it still has a, a long ways to go. I'd say it's probably um, about 10 years behind Lake Erie's progress. And what I mean by that is, you know, probably like the, the fish advisories for those that keep fish on, you know, what they were on Lake Erie, you know, 10, 15 years ago is probably what they are now on the Ohio River. Um for example, like walleye on Lake Erie, you really don't even see advisories anymore. But, you know, as, as recent as 10 years ago, you know, they might say, you know, God, correct me if I'm wrong, but it might have been, you know, you could have one meal every two weeks or yeah, one meal yeah. a month when it came to the wall. And that's kind of where the Ohio River is now. If you're looking to keep sport fish, you know, like walleye, perch, crappie in that area, you're looking at, depending on the species, maybe a meal every two weeks, a meal a month, you know, then obviously you kind of stay away from, you know, your bottom feeders, um, you know, eat catfish at your own risk, that kind of, yeah. that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where the river's at now because the mercury levels and then the PCBs that are, you know, that they can find in some species, which is a shame because, you know, they outlawed, you know, the the manufacturers industries down there on the river, these man-made chemicals that were outlawed in 1979 um, are still, are still found in the river. Um, but, you know, it's a collective effort just to keep getting that river cleaner and cleaner. I know there's some, um, there's some government agencies that are looking to um, partner up with Ohio, West Virginia, you know, PA, Kentucky, you know, even Indiana and, and what have you, which is, you know, the other side of us, but the kind of, um, see what they can do about cleaning up the water, cleaning up the shoreline. And um, some of it is our responsibility too, as, you know, as sportsmen or even like, you know, the recreational boaters, the people like to go down there, you know, enjoy the scenery. Um, Cause there's a lot of blight on that river too, in certain areas. And that's not from factories 40, 50 years ago. That's from people now, maybe not taking, enjoying the water, but maybe not taking care of it, leaving trash behind you know, you know, things like that. Every time the water rushes, you see new, new blight on the shoreline. So, um, mm -hmm. I think it's everybody's responsibility, not just, you know, government agencies or volunteer, you know, um, places that you can donate money to kind of help clean up the river. It's like everybody's responsibility to just keep, but I will say it, it appears to be going in the right direction. And even, um, you know, the train derailment there in East Palestine, there was a lot of worries, you know, about that kind of, you know, making its way into the river, but it didn't seem to make, you know, nearly as much of a difference as people were worried about. Yeah, I know the state was all over that spill there. Um, yeah. And, and from what I understand, they're still monitoring it every day. It was on the news yeah. last night. Was uh, it really? Yep. They were still, uh, they're still checking and, and working on it. Yeah. So it's, it's a big issue. Um, I'm glad, yeah. you know, it's, it's funny. I know guys now that uh, actually go down to the Ohio River and target walleye and smallmouth yeah. bass. Uh, which yeah. that wasn't the case not too long ago. So I know things have gotten better there. 
as far as the fishing goes. Um, the one the question that I had for you, too, would be on the licenses. I know, uh, do they still have the gentleman's agreement between Ohio, West Virginia, and Kentucky where you need one or, one or license from either one of those states and you could fish either shoreline? Is that still? Yep, yep. That's true? Yep, okay. exactly. You could, you could fish either shoreline with an Ohio license um, for those in Ohio. And if anybody's listening for West Virginia, you know, vice versa. Um, yeah, so, you know, when you get into PA, it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, Ohio, West Virginia, Ohio, Kentucky, you can use a license for, for either side. So don't worry if you're, you know, you're driving across a bridge and fishing the other shoreline. Um, but some of the regulations are different. So, um, what side you're on, make sure you're following that state's regulations, which, you know, everybody's got a smartphone in their pocket nowadays. It's not too hard to, you know, to pull it up and just make sure you're doing everything right. So, uh, is there any closed seasons down there, like on the walleye or anything like that? Is there? Oh, uh, no. No. So, okay. So you're talking more size limits and actual bag limits. Yeah. For yeah. example, in Ohio, um, on the Ohio River, you can keep six walleye with um, no size limit. On West Virginia, in West Virginia, you can only keep two walleye and have to at least be 18 inches long. Um, so there's your big, there's your big difference because if people are keeping anything, it's, it's generally the walleye. And if you're on a boat on the water, um, in our stretch, you have to fo- you follow West Virginia. Even if you're from Ohio, if you're closer to the Ohio shore, what have you, you actually follow uh, West Virginia's guidelines on the water and on the West Virginia shore. You follow Ohio guidelines on Ohio shore. Wow, that's huh. confusing. Okay, it is. It is, and um, and you know, and I thought I had it all figured out, and then I reread it and had to learn it all again. <laughs> but uh, but I think I got it down packed now. So you're in the water, West Virginia shore. Read the West Virginia guidebook. If you're on Ohio shore, read the Ohio guidebook. But whatever license you have works on either side. Okay, that's that. That sums it up. I, okay, I seem to have read that before. Where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ohio, they they're they're not they don't own any of the river. Is that kind of? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know that. Yeah. I, so I think I heard that's that. a good point. Um, I've heard that too. I don't know if I, if I, you know, if I've seen the actual factual on that, but I've heard the same thing, which would explain then why, you know, you're following, you know, West Virginia rules and same thing goes for, for anybody on the uh, other side of Ohio. Um, if you're in the water on the Kentucky border, you follow all Kentucky fishing regulations. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of Kentucky. I or, don't, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Oh. It, it could be. Hmm. Okay. It could be. Well, I guess that we're talking about the rules there, um, you know, between the states. Um, when it comes to the, the, I guess, the management of the fish, uh, if this could include stocking or uh, fishing. Are they stocking? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are they uh, fishing-related projects? Do the states cooperate there, do you know? So, very interesting, especially when it comes to um, stocking. Like, I'm glad you guys actually brought that up because i've recently looked into it and i was surprised on how little they stock that you know you know pretty much all the fish in there are um naturally reproduced except with with the exception of hybrid striped bass Um, okay yeah they they stock hybrid stripers um every year pretty much all along the down the river in different pools there's different um so it seems like ohio does most of the stocking of the hybrid stripers now there are stripers like straight up you know regular stripers in the river but i did see in the past that they have actually stocked male stripers and female white bass with the hopes that they would produce natural hybrid stripers frankly listening that doesn't know a hybrid striped bass is a cross between a striped bass and a white bass White bass, right. right yeah yeah 
um, a male, and what I learned is a male striper and a female um, white bass. So they've actually stocked the, the different species there in the past. Um, and I've seen a lot of white bass caught. Now, the white bass are probably also reproducing in there naturally, yeah. right? So there's a lot of white bass in the Ohio River. Um, and, but, and now I've seen, so now Pennsylvania and West Virginia have stocked blue cats. Blue cats are natural to the Ohio River, but in our stretch down by West Virginia, the numbers were so low that they've tried to reintroduce a heavier population of blue cats on our side of the river. You go down there towards Kentucky and everything like that, they're loaded with blue cats, but we don't have as much here. So the past 10, 15 years or so, they've been trying to get a healthier population of blue cats in our area. Interesting. That's a good one to have. It is. They, they actually been stocking blue cats in some reservoirs in Ohio now. I don't know if you know that. They just started. Yeah, they yeah. just started West Branch yeah. uh, last year, I think. Yeah. And there's, oh, down in southern Ohio, there's a lake. They've been, I can't think of the name uh, of the top. I, I, yeah, head. I'm not sure. I, I know I read But that they've been stocking since like 2011. That should be interesting. Yeah. Well, that's tremendous news that, that you kind of circled back to water quality if there's all that natural reproduction going on. That's exactly what we like to see uh, yeah. in a body of water. So that, that's, exactly. that's great. Yeah. I, and go ahead. I was, uh, yeah, and the natural reproduction is great too because, you know, when it comes to our, you know, money they use from taxes or money that they use from us purchasing licenses and things like that, you know, there's only so much going around. And I can't imagine the Ohio River is top on their list to, you know, try to get populations of fish up and things like that. You know, obviously some of the more popular reservoirs in Ohio and then Lake Erie is where the primary focus is. So, um, you know, the Ohio River kind of needs that natural reproduction because they're not going to put a ton of focus down there when they have places that are, you know, without thinking of a better word, that are just more popular that make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's closer to higher population centers. I understand that. Yeah. Sure. Where the Ohio River may not be. Um, one other thing, I, I know we didn't talk about this uh, prior to our conversation here, Rick, but I don't know if you know anything about this or not. Have you heard anything? I know there was a lot of controversy going on about the blue cats. Guys were catching them out of the Ohio River, putting them in private ponds, and then having these tournament, catfish tournaments. Um, yeah. Have you heard that? Is that going on in our area, or is that more down south? So as far as I know, that's more down south. I know... There's places which I don't mind. I don't mind saying the name of them, but I know there's a place down by Marietta called Cat Fisherman's Paradise. When I was a young man, I actually went down there and fished a couple of times until I learned, you know, why I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And then in a more down towards, like you said, like south, um, maybe like southwest Ohio. I think it's more popular. But yeah, they can get. So there's these companies that have commercial fishing licenses, and they go in and net all these huge flatheads and blue cats. And they put them in ponds where they're basically starving. And then people come out and spend, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks or whatever. And they go there and fish all night. Um, and they can catch 80, 90 pound fish. Yeah. I mean, these ponds, they'll break state records every week, but they don't count. Right. Because cause the type of, uh, type of fishing, you know, that it is. And um, I do see why people like to go down and fish for those op- opportunities they couldn't get anywhere else. But um, when you kind of learn how those fish are mistreated and you yeah. see a hundred pound fish floating on the shoreline in a pond because it didn't make it, you know, it just, yeah, yeah it really puts a sour taste in your stomach. Well, yeah. in a two acre pond. I mean, who are we kidding here? Yeah. You know, that's, that's just, not fair to yeah. the fish at all. That's just not no, I, I no. Know. And what are they eating? Yeah. Besides, <laughs> right. Well, you, you said know. they're starving them basically. I, I actually heard that or read that too. I, I know the state's going to do something about that. And I, and I think it's going to be this year. 
Um, Good. Don, Good. Don and I heard that some rumblings that they're going to try and do something to stop. I have no idea what they're going to do, but they're going to try and do something with it. And I know we had Mark Dietrich on, uh, not last summer, the summer before. I don't know if you know Mark. He's a big time catfish guy. I'm yeah, on. yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with him, and he does even some. Uh, I think he does some charter. Uh, yeah, some guided fishing. Catfish. Yeah, yeah, catfish, and he's yeah. totally against those tournaments. Oh yeah, he alerted us. I thought to he was going to have a heart back. attack. Yeah. yeah, when we start talking. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was really, and I don't. I don't blame him. So yeah, that's why I asked you the question. I was just wondering how close it was to us. So yeah, the most the closest one I know of is about three hours south. But there may be some I don't know about yeah, too. Who knows? You know? Yeah, who knows? Right. Uh, the other thing I wanted to uh, mention to you too, or ask you about, um, I know the states started reintroducing sturgeon into the Ohio River as a test. Have you seen anything or heard anything about that? I haven't. So um, I have not. I haven't seen one yet. I know this is kind of going off topic, but I've yeah. seen like. They're putting them in like the Maumee River. I, I I know that guys were catching them up there, um, here and there. So You're they're trying to reach... on Lake Erie. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, but down on the Ohio, um, I've uh, I've seen pictures of guys getting them down, you know, the other end. Um, I haven't seen anything yet our way up up our our side of it. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I thought you know, like you yeah. guys too, follow a lot of stuff on the internet, and I see pictures like out, yeah, you know, like Cincinnati area and things like that of guys, you know, pulling up, you know little ones i mean a little yeah. quote a quote little 36 yeah. 40 inches little you know yeah <laughs> yeah I, sturgeon. I, I did a little googling on that and uh two different sturgeon though the the so one there's a lake sturgeon the great lake sturgeon uh there's a lake sturgeon that's okay. the one uh that's in lake erie uh yeah the mommy that's okay. the one they stock there and the cuyahoga river don't forget they're stocking them in there too yep yeah and then uh uh the one for the ohio river uh uh they had a a video of river this strain or shovel shovel nose <laughs> sturgeon well, that's what it's called. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't oh, get cool. as big. It can tolerate the, the 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 turbid water. So. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so. That's a different uh, different sturgeon, but uh, well, something to look some, yeah. something to look for in the future, Rick. So. Well, great, and that's that actually reminds me too. So, my bucket list fish on the Ohio River. I've caught pretty much everything in that lake, that river, except for a paddlefish. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, especially having a YouTube channel. Would love to get something like that on film because guys have got them. Guys have got them in places that I fish. Um, now, I don't know if they're ever caught legally. It's always like maybe like an accidental foul hook or yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah, um, you know, they're just sucking slime, right? <laughs> that's the kind of right. fish that they are. They're not going to hit a, you know, a Paula crankbait or anything like that. Um, right, right. But, uh, yeah, I'm really just – I've never even seen one in person, so – that's something I really want to see on that river because boy, do they, uh, they're just neat looking and they've been around, you know, millions of years. That's so right. <laughs> just, That's right. just to be able to see one in person would be great. Well, um, I, every, every time we get a snag, we're like, man, this might be a paddlefish. <laughs> yeah. It, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. happen. Uh, yeah. You, uh, you kind of, you kind of took my next question is uh, what do you go after there? Uh, so you said you've caught most anything. Um, um, and you mentioned that's a surprise that you haven't got yet. So uh, what would a, a ordinary angler be most likely to encounter a bunch of there uh, with the um, greatest success, I suppose? Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, because I could say everything, right, except for trout. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you can think of in Ohio, they have. But um, probably I would say, depending on your boat or shore fishing, so let's start with boat fishing. If you got a boat and you're down there boat fishing, um, it's hard not to catch smallmouth bass. Whether you're throwing – you know, crankbait or some sort of swim bait, or you, people like doing top water, sunrise, sunset. Um, it's 
it's pretty simple fishing. Um, cause we're no, you know, we're no experts. We're not professionals or anything like that, but we, we, we got a kind of good grasp on catching multiple species, but it's as simple as with your motor or your trolling motor. If you have one, it's just working a shoreline, throwing crankbaits. Cause you could be sitting in 25 feet of water casting into three feet of water and then working a crankbait right down the drop off. Hmm. Um, and that's how you're getting your small mouth. That's how you're getting your walleye. That's what we, that's what we catch most of when we're on the boat. Um, but we've had plenty of surprises. Sometimes we'll go out and catch six fish and it'll be six different species, wow. you know, um, which is a lot of fun. My biggest surprise, cause you guys kind of, you know, talking about that too, is a tiger muskie cool. that I got last year on a Rapala crankbait with eight pound test. Um, <laughs> and I didn't know it was a tiger until I put the picture on the internet and someone commented and I looked back at the picture. I was like, Oh wow. Yep. Oh, I caught a fish I never caught before and didn't even realize it. You know, <laughs> I thought I just had a muskie, but like a tiger. Yeah, you know, no, hybrid that's, that's really rare. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, that's like what a northern pike muskie. That's cross. You know, yeah. I was just going to ask you, have you caught any pike? No pike, no, no uh, pike. but muskie. We've got muskie. We haven't caught a pike yet, but catching a tiger, we know they're in there, right? Yeah. Um, I've hooked into some monsters on accident. You know, um, you know, of course, any muskie anybody's ever caught hooked into that didn't bring in was always 50 inches. Right. So we've always we've all lost 50 inch. Muskie. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. You know, you know yeah. True. So, yeah, we've all lost our own state records. Um, but, yeah, I've hooked in some absolute monsters down there that you just lose in the current. Um, a lot of guys really like catfishing the, the river. Um, surprisingly, we're actually pretty decent at catfishing. But when it comes to catfishing the river, um we uh, haven't had a whole lot of a success. It's just more, you know, learning whether it's shore fishing or boat fishing, just kind of learning where the fish are at in presentation and learning how to work the current and right kind of baits and right kind of weights. And we started fishing the river. We started fishing for um, catfish. And then the one day we didn't have much time. Let's, hey, let's just go throw some lures around and see what we can catch. And we, we were fishing out in front of one marina and we caught, what, like three or four uh, sauger and maybe a span of a half an hour all over 18 inches. Wow. And we're like, huh, we might be onto something here. Yeah, for real. <laughs> you know? So then I don't think since that trip, maybe we've tried catfish once and we've probably gone down throwing artificials like, you know, 30 times since then. Um, and never came back skunked. I mean, some days are better than other. We've gone down there during the spawn and have caught 30, 40 smallmouth in, a, in an afternoon. Um, you know, most of them, you know, you're your little half pounders every once in a while, you get a two and a half, three pounder. And I tell you those, those river fish, yeah. a three pound river smallmouth fights like a six pound Lake Erie. Smallmouth. Yes, they do. Yeah. They're possessed. Yeah. yeah they're possessed. Yeah. And you know, you go up to Lake Erie and you go trolling for walleye and you, you know, on a charter boat or what have you, and you're just kind of like dragging them in. Yeah. Then you go down there and you hook into a 25 inch walleye on eight, eight pound, yeah, that's, eight, a, that's a big 10 pound test. Yeah. Yeah peel and drag you know no that's, that's <laughs> want... true that's true yeah the yeah. river river is a different animal yeah what that, that's what I, one of the questions i had for you on the on the walleye you're catching um are you getting some good one like average size what are they you know 14 to 18 inch or are they bigger than that i'd say um average is bigger i mean we'll get the 14 you know 18 inch mm -hmm. you know you get the little you know little skinny ones but um we've gotten just this past year i'd say and while fishing primarily for smallmouth, we've probably caught, in, I don't know, five or six over 25 inches. No kidding. Yeah. Jeez, those are big walleye for, I mean, I, I, I think there are for the Ohio River. Uh, yeah. And, and, yeah. Those are nice on Lake Erie. 
Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I've caught 17, 18 inches shore fishing with a minnow and a bobber three feet from shore. Just goofing around. Isn't that silly? That's yeah. crazy. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, And every year it's just getting better down there. Walleye. So this spring, we're actually going to try some different some different techniques. There's some areas that we're familiar with that kind of get pretty weeded over. Mm-hmm. Um, that before it gets weeded over, we're just going to, we never really tried trolling the river. Um, but we got some areas that we just kind of want to throw some, you know, maybe it's like some P10s or some more like walleye yeah. lures and just uh, kind of crank through, you know, troll through some areas and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm gonna I want to go in depth on that on uh, your walleye fishing there too. But I had sure. uh, just another question for you. I know a buddy of mine. Um, he has targeted crappie down there uh, years past. Now I haven't talked to him here in a few years, but he used to love to go down there, um, especially early in the year. And I and I remember him telling me this. It was certain water events, like high water events, it seemed to force some of the fish out of the current of the main river, especially crappie, into those backwaters. Yeah. Uh, and he would show me pictures. I mean, these were like you'd think they were coming out of pima tuning or mosquito size crappie. Um, yeah, like twelve sho- inches. Yeah, I was shocked. You know, then then he said the opposite happens when the river settles down and those backwaters kind of um, empty out or don't have the advantage anymore because the current's slow enough. Those fish leave that backwater and head out. You can't find them anymore. Right. Have you found that to be the case with, uh, I don't know if you've ever targeted crappie there, but is that so, true? Yeah, I've caught accidental crappie. Definitely want to um, target them this year. There's a tree that we're familiar with that is um, kind of stuck under the water. And every time we cruise past it, um, you see about a hundred dots on the fish finder. And I'm assuming those are all crappie. So one of these days we're going to anchor there and, uh, <laughs> and see what happens. But, um, I've never fished the backwaters much. I tried like Beaver Creek once. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, I've, the one thing I've learned recently too, for the crappie fishermen is as long as it's not ice over, this is the time to get them in the creeks, in the backwaters. Cause they kind of, in the wintertime move into those, um, tributaries and that's They kind of hang out there. So, um, like you said, anybody looking to fish some moving water that ain't frozen, anything that kind of dumps into the big rivers and things like that now might be a great uh, crappie opportunity. Yeah, no, you're just pitching small jigs and uh, some maggots on there or, and some minnows, floats? Yeah, 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 just some, there's like, right, there's like hundreds of different kinds of, uh, you know, crappie jigs that all work, Yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they kind of like a little grub and jig, you know, whatever yeah. your favorite is, crappie magnus, trout magnus, whatever, you know, or like you said, a min, uh, live minnow you know, jig and maggot, what have you. Um, If you find find a hungry school crappie, they're going to work. Just find the right color. Yeah, that's interesting. This is news you can use right now. Yeah, that's (laughs) for sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I better get this podcast out quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's the truth. Now, on the walleye down there, uh, Rick, as as far as – how are you targeting this? Are you pitching – like you mentioned, a lot of times you're casting shoreline, so you're doing some – looking for visual targets – do you ever go out into the river itself and, and fish along the channel edges or is that not a common place to look for them? Yeah. So, um, you know, we've tried a little bit of everywhere, but our, so we usually find the walleye and smallmouth in the same spot, which it's is interesting. Yeah. Which is fun because you can boat a smallie and a walleye on the next cast. Um, so, which is great, right? Cause no matter what you're fishing for, you got a chance of both. Um, Usually, so guys on the boat, um, if, if you've got a fish finder on your boat, because um, we got about five or six different spots that we know hold smallmouth and walleye. If we go there and we don't catch anything, we go to the other spots and come back to that spot two hours later, and it could be full of fish. Um, but, you, you know, like I said, normally you're on the river and you're seeing depths of like 35 feet. If you get close to the shoreline, depths go up. And sometimes you'll find flats to where 
like we got one area, it's about a 200 yard stretch where you're in nine to 11 feet of water and, and it's got a weed line on it and fish just stack in there. Yeah. And then some points, the points of islands, um, are great for walleye sure. because you could be in three feet of water throwing in the 20 and vice versa. Right. Right. Um, kind of. And then two, I, I like, uh, if the water's moving a little too much, getting behind an Island, obviously it's just going to uh, help your boat out too. um, fighting the current. Um, now, um, shore fishing, walleye, um, really locks and dams. Um, and you don't have to be right up against them. Uh, I know guys, they'll be, but there's walleye spots, you know, five, six, 700 yards downstream of where guys will throw big swim baits, especially like I've seen guys pulling in bigger walleye than I've ever caught in the river shore fish and throwing eight inch, you know, giant swim baits. No kidding. Um, they, you just seem these like big, huge white swim baits, big, huge white paddle tails. She's almost um, like a musky bait. Yeah. Yeah. A guy showed me a video of we were down there fishing. He said he was there the night before and just at dark. Um, he got 31 inch and uh, he showed us the video. That's impressive. Uh, that's impressive. Yeah. That's a, you know, that's a 10, 12 pound walleye. Oh, heck yeah. Jeez. That's a bigger uh, bait than I would think to throw. Oh, the walleye, are, they're hogs. They yeah. get that big. They're yeah. like a muskie. They'll eat anything. Right. Especially, yeah. you know, when they're feeding before the water gets cold, you know? Yeah. Mm. No. Um, yeah, I was shocked too. Um, cause I'll go down there and throw, you know, little, you know, three inch crank baits, yeah. you know, floating yeah. paws, little chicken twisters, those kind of things. So, but yeah, guys throwing a uh, monster baits for monster fish. Yeah. It sounds like you could, you could use whatever gear, uh, yeah, whatever you have, which end of the spectrum you want to play in, you <laughs> know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, the first time I ever went down shore fishing a lock and dam down there, me and a buddy went down and, uh, um, I caught two walleye at like nine and nine thirty in the morning, just throwing a regular, like Rapala deep diving crankbait. And then he was throwing one too, and he caught, he hooked into a car, um, which I used to get excited about hooking into guard down there, yeah. but, um, they could be a nuisance. There's so many of them. Yeah. They'll school up. They'll, they'll steal your bait all day. Yeah. If you're live bait fishing. Yeah. They, they'll eat everything. Yeah. And they'll bust off your line. They'll twist around and <coughs> take your gear with you and all that. Yeah. But they are fun too. Yep. I try not to discriminate against any fish. No, I understand. Oh, I love catching multiple species on oh, a yeah. outing. It's that's fun. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Even I'll catch a sheep's head. You know, we've caught them down there. Oh, you know? they, yeah. and, uh, they get big. Yeah. And they yeah. And you'll like... see some giant carp kind of swimming up in the shallows, and you wish you had corn on the boat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. Uh, yeah. As far as the walleye go, uh, you could tell I'm interested in the walleye here. Uh, sure. And targeting them. Now, uh, you t- would you start targeting them now, or are you waiting till the water warms up a little bit? And is that a um, something that'll go all the way through the summer into the fall, or is that something just an early spring and fall bite for you? Right. So the boat's away for the winter. So okay. if I'm targeting them now, it's shore fishing. Okay. Um, um, now looking outside, I don't see myself fishing for the next couple of weeks. Um, but uh, like, I mean, I got one you know, went down there, like I said, I was down there like a week ago and, you know, got one walleye, but we were down there midday. There was guys going down shore fishing, you know, to fish up through dark, um, with the headlamps on, yeah. you know, that's when they do a little bit better. Cause we, you know, anybody that fishes for walleye knows that either, you know, that, um, hour before, after sunset hour before, after sunrise seems to be the hottest, is deadly. the hottest yeah. bike for them. Yeah. You know, so a lot of guys are going down there with their headlamps when I'm going home. Um, and, uh, cause, so we're always trying to get footage now, so we don't night fish as much as we used to, right, um, cause right. you know, we're putting things on camera. 
um, you know, just trying to have some fun with the YouTube channel. So, um, but yeah, I definitely want to get down there with the headlamp and um, go down there for the night bike because we have night fished a few years back and um, got some walleye, but the sauger come in real close to the rocks too. You know, you're, you're casting a crankbait out and they're, they're hitting you almost before, right before you pull the bait out of the water. Yeah. Um, Cause they're in real close at, at night, the sauger and the sauger down there sometimes can get, you know, walleye size. They're generally smaller, but yeah. you know, 15, 16, 18 inch, you know, sauger is a nice fish. Absolutely. So you could start targeting them now. And then does that walleye bite or sauger bite, does that run through the spring and uh, through the summer too? Yeah. Yeah. And there's guys that fish down there all winter, but yeah. And, and through the summer um, and in shallower water than you would think. Um, sometimes we just, uh, um, we're getting them in different areas based on like last year without getting much rain, there's a lot of growth. Okay. So there's a lot of areas that we fish in the spring that we couldn't fish in the mid late summer I follow you. because it was overgrown with weeds. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of had to adjust, adjust that way. But, um, so I think if anything, we fish the same areas, but the presentation might be a little bit different. So we seem to do better in the spring with more soft plastics, um, you know, like paddle, soft paddle tail type baits yep. seem to do a little bit better. And then once the water warms up, we seem to do a little bit better with crankbaits. Now that could be more based on the bait fish that are now in the water. Could mm-hmm. be why they like more of those hard plastic um, crankbait type type lures. Like I have, <laughs> I have a Rapala deep diver that in a certain color, it's like kind of like a fire tiger, olive weird kind of color. I can't think of the name of the color right now, but, um, I probably caught more fish on that crankbait color than all other crankbaits combined in the Ohio River. They just really seem to love that color for some reason. Huh. The walleye and the smallies and musky on accident, whatever. I've caught catfish on it, you know, <laughs> on cool. crankbaits. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's always fun when you think you got, you know, your you think you have your personal best smallmouth on, and then you see those whiskers come up to the boat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you might want to have more than one. Yeah. You might not have that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Rick, on the river there, too, have you noticed, because uh, I do quite a bit of steelhead fishing, I'm always watching the river gauges and everything else, you know, to put myself yeah. at an advantage there. Are you doing the same down there? And as a, is the fishing better during high water or uh, uh, when it calms down? So um, I, I, I like fishing calm down water. Now, the fishing might be better for high water. I don't know, but, I mean, it's just uh, – it's obviously easier to mm. fish, right? Shore or boat. Um, now high water, sometimes like behind a lock and dam, if you can get an area where there's no Russian water, now obviously fish are going to be stacked up in there. Mm-hmm. So, so that's good fishing. But, um, so what the place I use, which, um, I actually use for all, you know, if I'm shore fishing, I'd like to do, especially in the summer. And I'm sure you got a lot of shore fishing listeners that like to fish spillways. So if anybody that doesn't know, uh, I think it's called water data, dot gov but you can essentially just google um like uh say like new cumberland lock and dam down there by down past you know in the west virginia area yeah, if you google yeah. new cumberland water flow rate it'll bring a link to the water data.gov and you can see gauge height you can see flow rate if you don't know if it's a high or a low flow you can go back as far back as a year and see the graph yeah the history so, of it. yeah yeah exactly same thing like uh mosquito or mill or west branch spillway you know any kind of spillways that people like to fish i always read that graph before i get there especially if it uh it rained earlier in the week or like this time of year where they like to um 
you know, lower lakes to, I know we're kind of getting off topic here, but where they like the lower lakes to, you know, in the wintertime, always like to read those, you know, gauges. And there's been plenty of times we've heard the whistle go off while we're there. Yeah. You know, we've been down to New Cumberland <laughs> and we got some good fishing. The horn goes off and it's time to leave because they're opening it up. Oh, you know, that's when the fishing gets good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just got to where you were standing. You can't stand there. Anymore. No, I, I remember that too. I do remember the whistle going off and I'm not running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. Know, yeah. I know, you got to be careful. Yeah. I know that river gets some wild swings. Have you seen some of those uh, gotten to lay eyes on the, the extreme highs and extreme lows in your travels? Yeah. We've tried to fish down there when there's trees floating down the river and it's chocolate milk. And it's just like, there's so many other fishing opportunities now. Um, when the water's really high, I, uh, I'll just go fish somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, cause, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. And then you start getting the debris and like we kind of talked about the beginning of this conversation, you got the debris and you got the pollution and you got everything yeah. floating down the river. I can't believe how many people have lost flip-flops. Every time I go to the Ohio river, there's a flip-flop floating down the river, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, we have just like, Hey, let's just, let's just go somewhere else. Cause it's just, you know, I mean, could the fishing be good? Sure. Are there people that fish in it and they'll fish probably, but, um, um, I'd rather just, just do something different. Yeah, don't, don't have to deal with all that. I don't. Makes I don't blame sense. you. Yeah, when when logs are coming down, yeah, forget <laughs> it. And uh, yeah, I I can tell you the flip flop thing isn't confined to there. I I can't tell you how many I've gathered out of West Branch. You know, oh, they're, right, they're everywhere. Yeah, sooner or later you'll find your size or find the one that matches, and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, get yep. two different colors. Yep, it's a thing. <laughs> That's right. Now, yeah, exactly. And the one thing, I mean, if you guys don't mind too, I want to touch base on real quick is shore fishing. Probably the most popular I've seen is the hybrids they stack up in those walking dams and they, I mean, next to a steelhead, I would say that's probably the hardest fighting fish in Ohio is yeah. a hybrid striper. In my opinion, I agree. They fight. Yeah. Yeah. And they use and kind of like steelhead too. They use little baits because those little bait fish will stack up in the locks. The hybrids will follow them. And then it's like piranhas three or four times a day. You just see them all splashing and jumping and attacking these bait fish. And these bait fish are not much bigger than thumbnail size. So guys, kind of like what we talked about rigs for crappie fishing, mm -hmm. there's guys using little marabou jigs or little minnow-type crappie jigs in a bobber catching, you know, six, eight, ten-pound hybrid stripers. Those are big, um, big stripers. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot. Yeah, my yeah. biggest there was eight and a half pounds that yeah. I got standing on a wall on a lock using a, you know, um, anybody that fishes those walls, oh, we all have the same net that we bought off Amazon. It's a drop net with like a 50 with a 50 foot rope that you drop down the wall when you hook into one. So you can net that fish and bring it up to the wall. For, you know. Right. Right. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah. Well, Rick, sorry, go ahead. You mentioned that your boat is uh, tucked away for the winter. Um, yeah. And so we know you use a boat down there. Um, Chris and I dabble in kayaks a bit. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Is a kayak, a potential uh, vehicle for you down there. I mean, or for a, for an angler. Well, I suppose it depends how much you want to work out because <laughs> even when the water's low, um, anybody that's fished a big river, you know that water's moving way more than it looks. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and even, like, if you're working and casting, you're moving so quick. You know, sometimes we're backing up the motor or we're using the trolling motor to kind of slow ourselves down. Slow you down, yeah. So, yeah. so we could even cast. So, um, I mean, it, it would. I mean, it sounds fun, but I don't know how easy it would be to um, – to kayak fish and if you're going to um 
I would obviously, wherever you launch from, I hope your truck's downstream somewhere because that'd be a heck of a battle. Yeah, you <laughs> paddle on yourself back to your truck. Well, you, you know? have to be like they we used to do car spotting. You know, you yeah. have you have one guy parked way upstream, launch way downstream, and then float to exactly the, float to the other yeah. Car. You're right because you'd go crazy. Hell, you'd be out of breath the first half hour trying to paddle up that. You know, yeah, upstream. Yeah. It's just uh, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. sounds. If like I was a younger man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that that's necessary. Sounds like work. Yeah, yeah, it does. You know, I wanted to ask you about your your boat too, Rick. And, and as far as electronics go, um, and, and you know what I'm going to ask here, Don. The mapping. Are you? Do you guys have mapping available for the Ohio River, or is that something that that you could rely on? Is it very accurate? Um, so we don't really. We got pretty basic um, depth finder, fish finder. Okay. Um, we're any spots that we know of now are off of memory. Okay. Um, just from learning learning the river um you know we're yeah we use that fish finder to mark fish but a lot of times we're just using it more so we know what depth we're in because okay. we know we know what depth will hold fish and you also got to pay attention because you never know when that river is going to blow you into you know two feet of water all of a sudden yeah. um yeah but um yeah so we're not like uh, I'm, i think that's the question you're asking yeah, right ma- like, the map cards because i'm big into that um when i'm fishing the reservoirs or lake erie or whatever i'm always i'm using that gps my map card like yeah crazy that's like my bible you know sure sure and i'm sure if, i mean if if we use something like that or if you, if you guys wanted to go down there and try it i'm sure you could use it and be pretty reliable like i was saying earlier um we know of a tree that's been underwater in the same spot for three years so you know and it hasn't moved um <laughs> when the water's rushed yeah. up pretty high so yeah. um you know being able to mark something like that and um but like we have certain certain points that you know we know exactly where they're at because you know, there's a lot of um, shoreline, you know, points that you could use to, to to know where you're going and and all that that kind of gets us around. And there's, gosh, I said we have five or six spots that that we like to fish. This year, I want to definitely find some more because a lot of fun of fishing too is, is catching fish somewhere you never caught a yeah, fish. And we've yeah. never even we've never even gone down to Pike Island yet, and people fish that a lot. Like that's more popular than where we're at. But it's kind of hard to get away from an air away from an area where you might see one other angler all day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, we're going yeah. down our catching 20, 30 smallmouth and uh, no one else fishes the river. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, that's uh, another question going up. If you're following upstream now, if you get up towards the Pennsylvania side, you know, up into the PA side of the Ohio River uh, where the beaver comes in and all those those rivers come together. Have you fished that far upstream? We have not yet. Um, as soon as you get past beaver, you need a PA license, which okay. um you know, which, you know, 50 bucks for a year. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. You're going to catch fish. Yeah. Um, but we've been meaning, like, if we try to get, maybe try to get more into catfishing again, like anchoring out there where a beaver drops into the Ohio yeah. River. I've heard good things about that. Because um, you guys know, too, like, you know, anybody that fishes, if you see water dumping in the water, make a cast, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah for sure. Yeah, and uh, so that might be on the agenda um, this year to uh, – to fish that. And if we see other people out there, we'll wave and ask if they listen to your podcast. You okay. Know? That's good. Yeah. Advertise <laughs> that thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. For right. sure. For sure. Yeah. We were just wondering, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, exploring to do on that river, both uh, going upstream and down. I mean, Don, what was that? How many miles of river did you say? That is a massive river, Chris. Yeah. 981 miles is the Ohio wow. river. Good Lord. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, that's a lot of exploring, Rick. You better get busy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's exactly. It's responsible for what twenty percent of the water that in the Mississippi River comes out of the Ohio. Oh, didn't know that. I, but, I've heard yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah and 
out of that 981, there's 451 uh, that makes the southern border of Ohio. So how many? 400? 451. Wow. So you got to get. We, we, you better get Yeah, we've explored about six miles of it. Yeah, that just goes <laughs> to show you. That's crazy. Yeah, we got a ways to go. Yeah. Yeah, and the six miles you're talking about is massive. So uh, there's yeah. there's a whole lot more there. Yeah, a lot of water. Yeah, I mean, how long? How how long? If you guys might know, like Mosquito Lake from north to south, how long is that? I think it's eleven it, miles. Pima tuning okay. is, uh, I think, fifteen or seventeen miles long. Probably when you four hundred some miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's a ridiculous yeah. body of water there. Yeah. Well, sure. hey, um, we've talked a whole lot about the river, uh, the fishing, how you do it. Um, how about telling us a little bit about your YouTube channel? Sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. So uh, me and my buddy, uh, Jason, and a third uh, friend of ours, we started um, this channel about a year and a half ago. So we're very new and we're very small, but we have a lot of fun with it. If anybody wants to check it out, we'd appreciate it. It's called F's Up Outdoors. It's multi-species throughout Ohio and then sometimes even leaving the state because um, we're actually going to go in April. We're fishing Lake Mead because we're going to Vegas. And how do you go to Vegas without fishing Lake Mead? And then, um, <laughs> and then we do a yearly um, trip up to Ontario. We go fishing on a charter. A buddy of ours has a charter boat. We go up there and um, all caught New York, Lake Ontario, oh, doing the salmon, salmon fishing. Salmon thing, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, that's an absolute blast. But we're multi-species. We don't take ourselves too serious. Um, we have a lot of fun. We crack a lot of jokes. We try to catch some fish anywhere from the Ohio River, like we talked a lot about, steelhead. And we do a few trips a year out to um, Sandusky, Sandusky Bay, which if we ever want to talk about that, that'll be another phone conversation because I could do another hour on catfish in Sandusky Bay. So we go up there a lot. Um, and then obviously like the local lakes, you know, we're out to Mosquito, like you brought up a, you know, Pomatumi, Milton, yeah. you know, yeah. branch. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, we catch a little bit of everything and like to have some fun on it. It's FSUP, F-S-U-P, outdoors, two words on YouTube. If you guys want to check it out, we'd, we'd appreciate it. Leave a comment and let us know you found us through here. And who knows, maybe we'll see you out in the water. Yeah, hey, we'll send them sure. there. That's for, uh, real quick, uh, Rick, I met a guy who actually charters on the Sandusky Bay for catfish. Yeah. I actually, I met a couple guys last summer. Yeah, there's I'm, probably a dozen people out there to charter I couldn't believe it. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? You know, I thought you were talking walleye. He says, no, 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 this is catfish. So yeah. it's uh, become extremely popular. I didn't realize, did you, Don? Don? I didn't know that. No, yeah, I no, mean, you I think, no idea. think Sandusky, you think walleye. Yeah, and then maybe you, small. Yeah, I, I didn't know until a couple years ago, and I've gotten, what, this past year, my three biggest channel cats were 18, 20, and 21 pounds. Those I, are channels, not flatheads. That's I, channel cats. Out of Sandusky Bay? Yeah. Holy yep. smokes. Two from shore and one on the boat. Wow. And those, got, those, got, those charter guys out there, they'll catch 100 fish in a day, averaging 10, 12 pounds. Yeah, he was telling me. I just, I, I just, I just didn't realize it was that good. I, I, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Some people call it like the channel catfish capital of, you know, the world. I'm definitely the best channel catfish in Ohio by far. Oh, yeah. Well, geez, can you be two capitals? I mean, <laughs> they call it the walleye, yeah, walleye. capital. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the steelhead fishing isn't bad either. And smallmouth's yeah. not bad either. You know, it's, yeah, it's, sometimes we take it for granted what yeah. we have here. And then you'll see people driving in from you know, multiple states away to come yeah. fish here, you yeah, know. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, we don't realize what we have sometimes. Yeah, well, for sure. it is the most fertile of the Great Lakes and produces the most pounds of fish. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, hey, Rick, is there anything we missed here that you wanted to uh, chat or mention? 
No, no, just like everybody else. I mean, yeah, get out there fishing in, yeah. in the winter, but I'll be uh, I'll be counting down to, you know, us getting that boat out and getting out doing some early spring shore fish and steelhead, you know, looking forward to it. So just get out there, get a line wet. Um, yeah, for sure. People know where to find me. So if you have any questions, anybody listening, you know, send us a message. We'll be happy to yeah. happy to answer anything, anything for you. Maybe uh, we'll see you guys down the river this year. Yeah, we, you just might. I know I, I have checked out your YouTube channel, and I have to admit I'm laughing half the time I'm watching it. So you guys, uh, <laughs> you, you guys got the right idea because sometimes you're right. Uh, fishermen, like everybody else, take themselves too seriously, and uh, you guys have a lot of fun, still catch a lot of fish too. So. Yeah, I'd rather be an that's... idiot that can catch fish than, you know, a genius that can't. So No, you guys look like you're just having fun. Just... If, it, if yeah. it can't be fun. Yeah. Come what on. are you doing? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's what it's all about out there. We're not out there trying to win tournaments. It's not out there for money, which, you know, no offense to anybody that enters tournaments, obviously. That's, you know, that's yeah. a great way to make a couple bucks. But, um, yeah, it's out there ha- having fun, enjoying yourself. Um, and, uh, and, and that's really what it's all about. Whether you're catching one fish or a hundred, you, you know, it, it beats sitting home, beats going to work. Just go out there and have some fun. Yeah, that's right. That's what fishing's all about. For sure. Exactly. So is there anything else, Don? You nope. Nope. That's I good? think I'm good. Okay, Rick. Well, we're going to let you go, bud. And thank you again for your time. Uh, we'll make sure we, we mention your Facebook page when we post this on our our Facebook page. And, and on, your YouTube on, uh, Yeah, YouTube. Location. Yeah, lo- location. And then on our uh, Twitter and everything else, we'll make sure people know where you're at. So thank you. I appreciate again. that, guys. Yeah. Hey, good talking to you, Rick. Hey, and you guys keep doing what you're doing, man. You guys have a great show. I look forward to listening to it uh, whenever it comes out. So. A um, couple times a month there, uh, definitely tuning in. Yeah, very good, Rick. We appreciate that. Hey, thanks a lot. No problem. Thanks for listening to 120 Outdoors and our monthly podcast. Please like, subscribe, and leave us your comments while checking out our Facebook page.